I can identify two different states in my mind. And one is a state of trust, and you could call that faith. And that state goes with a narrative that everything that's happening in my world is happening on my behalf, for my training, for my education, for my development, for my success. And the other state is a state where I feel like a victim of my life. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. You know that George Michael song? Which one? Just gotta have faith, faith, faith. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Do you know the, the words? Um, I think it would be nice if I could touch somebody. Is that the song? I think so. Not everybody has got a body like you. Oh, yeah. I guess it would be nice if I could. Your body. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be talking about faith, people. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Here we are. Here we are. The end of the year. Episode 10. Episode 10. Here we go. It's a milestone. It's a milestone. It's a huge milestone. If any of you want to hear anything specific from us, leave us what you want to hear in the reviews. And we, because we check those out, drop it there and we'll definitely address it. We have two episodes left that we're committed to. Yes. And you and I can talk about if we're going to be re-upping those episodes or not. But if you want us to, people, give us a shout out. Let us know. So we decided to talk about faith on this episode, and it's been a conversation that you, Will, and I, you, Will, and I have been having over this last month, last couple weeks. Yeah, it's been coming up a lot lately. Yeah. And to give context, we in our current life, the way we live it, we're not, we wouldn't consider ourselves religious. Right. More of a spiritual context. We don't go to church. We don't go to synagogue. We don't go to a Buddhist community to practice. We don't go to mass. Not that we haven't done any of those things in our lifetime. All things that we've done in the past. But currently in this moment, not. Right. And would it be fair to say that we have been waking up to just feeling a deeper desire to feel connected to something Bigger than ourselves. Yes. And we have definitely, we were talking the other day that we both have felt that in our lives at times where we feel really deeply connected to something bigger than ourselves, not just a mission or a vision, but something more in the spiritual or faith realm. Right. Something bigger, something mysterious, something we could call it the universe or some kind of intelligence or... Source. Source. And when the word faith comes up for me, it comes up based on the part of the definition that says something to the effect of confidence or trust in something. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, there's like a desire in myself. Like, I feel like I, my brain on some level knows and my heart knows that there's a, for me, a bigger intelligence at play here. And I f- find that life being as busy it, as it has been, it's been harder for me to be connected on a daily basis with that bigger something. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the maybe the number one reason why you don't easily feel connected to it in daily life? I think it's because I wake up and I turn towards my to-do list. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that's really excited about getting things done, but it's the doing instead of the the being and the slowing down and the meditative practice not being as consistent as it has been at different times in my life. And honestly, like you and I have been through a big year, yeah. well, over a year. And I think that there's something really important with that goes with desire and faith at the same time. So I think we should take this opportunity for a moment, if you're open to it, to share a little bit about <laughs> a little bit about how we've experienced desire and what I'm calling kind of the faith that we've had to hold on to in a certain way around our house. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> okay. So it was the what the second quarter of last year and we weren't necessarily looking for a house but we were kind of just thinking in advance like what do we want next do we want to move do we want to stay here for a couple years invest some money in this house do we want to right look for another house and we happened to well will happen to come across this house because we were just like you know texting each other houses back and forth and you found a house and i was like oh my goodness like (laughs) whoa this is crazy like my body actually responded to the pictures. And so we decided, okay, let's just go take a look. We're just going to take a look. Many of you people know that story, right? We're just going right. to take a look. So we take a look and then you really fell in love with this place too. Like you were like, whoa, like I can feel myself here. I think this is the next place that I would actually really feel at home and feel inspired, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was love at first sight with the home that we ended up buying. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And there was a lot of emotion there, a lot of desire. Yeah. For the view and the location and yeah, the peace and quiet around the space and and we really were leaning into this trusting this desire. Like okay, right. this is really moving us. Like let's let's do this. Mm-hmm. Of course, we did our due diligence with all the, you know, inspection and all the things. We had it mold tested. And it ended up being unexpectedly over a year of tearing it down. Yeah. We thought we were going to fix up a couple little spots and move in. Like the split, be right in there. Yep. And it ended up being, we ended up moving in this year, uh, September 1st, our anniversary. So basically, there's a lot that went into this, but basically there was some things that weren't disclosed and there was a lot of mold in the house. And we'll probably just leave it at that in terms of what happened with that. But for us personally, like it was like, a oh, shit, are you freaking kidding me? Day after day, the house being taken apart because of how damaged it was. And we're just going into this like, what the freak is going on? Yeah, it was one devastating bad news day after another. 
for at months. Least, yeah, at least three months. Yeah, probably three and a half. Yeah, until, and meanwhile, the the projected cost to get us back to a baseline of, of a space we could actually live in was just going up and up and up. Yeah. So it was incredibly stressful. And so we actually got into this place of like, is it okay to trust our desire? Did we make a real, I mean, obviously we didn't expect it. Did we make a horrible decision here? And we trust right. our desire. And, and then it required us to have a lot of faith, even though we weren't talking about it that way. Like that it would turn out okay, that we were going to be okay. Right. Even though if we had had all the information on the front end, I'm confident that we would not have gone through the transaction. Yeah, definitely. There's no way that we would have signed up for that level of cost and uncertainty and stress and everything. Being uprooted. No way. No way. Yeah. But once we were in the shoot and, you know, we had taken possession, we just dove headfirst into it because we didn't have a choice. And by the time all was said and done, and, you know, as it is with any remodel, the budget was, I think, what is the saying? Twice as long and three times as expensive as you set out or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And I think that's pretty conservative. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like what's actually true, but for sure. Yeah. Twice the budget, twice the schedule. Yeah. Anyway, we were, we felt really fortunate to get in only a year, only 12 months after we had planned to be in. Yeah. Compared to what some other people we know have gone through with remodels and the schedule and how difficult it is building right now, all of that. But it really did call into question this core relationship, core trust in desire. And meanwhile, so much going on with the businesses in terms of like growth and stretching us and, you know, just our own capacity of, of learning how to step into the shoes that we've had to step into to meet what the business needs are. Right. And, you know, I think that when times like that happen, the foundation is rocked, we're rocked, we're rupturing a lot, we're repairing a lot, but still like, yeah, or maybe you're having a much bigger challenge, like a life-threatening health challenge or totally. loss of a loved one or totally. something else that rocks your world. Totally. How do you get through that? What is the thing that's saying, even if your brain is saying, I don't know if I'm going to be okay. Right. Like there's something else that is having you take one step in front of the other to try to figure that out. Yeah. And what is that? I think that's the $10,000 question. $10,000? Okay. <laughs> $10 billion question. <laughs> I love that scene in Dr. Evil where he's $1 million. <laughs> he's got his Because he's from the 60s and he thinks a million dollars ransom for a nuclear weapon is like a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. This guy's a little pinky at the corner of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what would you say... How would you describe what faith is for you? And when you know you're really in touch with it, what does it do for you that it doesn't do when you're not in touch with it? Thanks for the question. I think that for me, I can identify two different states in my mind. And one is a state of trust. And you could call that faith. And that state goes with a narrative that everything that's happening in my world is happening on my behalf. 
for my training, for my education, for my development, for my success. And the other state is a state where I feel like a victim of my life. It's very clear in my experience and internally of being either in one state or the other. Mm, I love that. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple, and they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance. And now back to the episode. And in the victim state, everything is happening to me. I don't perceive the benefits of what's happening. I don't perceive the internal or external resources that would help me cope with the challenge. Mm -hmm. I feel alone. I feel afraid. And there's a deep distrust in the universe, in reality. Yeah. And I associate that state with more of a mammalian, defensive, sort of um, playing defense or a state of uh, not necessarily fight or flight, but in my mind, it's associated with fear and with the ego. The I that's main concern is self-preservation and battening down the hatches and persevering through difficult moments. Mm -hmm. So what are the elements that help you be in contact with that trust, the trust that you were talking about instead of the victim? For me, it's similar to what you said about waking up with your to-do list. When I don't do the things that help breathe space into my mind, I have the kind of mind that can get very obsessive and very hyper-focused on a challenge that could be incredibly minor in the course of a lifetime. And within that contraction, I lose perspective and I don't experience creative solutions to the challenge in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I also don't experience the relaxation or the, the trust that the universe is going to support me to find my way. Mm-hmm. You're reminding me of when Mark died, who was my partner before you. And it was probably the most confusing what the heck, what kind of, even though I'm not quote unquote religious, I was like, what kind of God would put somebody in a position like this of this mm-hmm. much pain and confusion? And cause he died suddenly. It wasn't like a slow death. It was unexpected and it was sudden. And the concept around faith for me, like I was, that was a dark night of the soul. It yeah. Was really, really, really hard for me. And at some point, I don't know what point, but some point, many months probably after he died, I was able, no, that's not true. There was, there was always a thread inside of me of something that was like, just hold on. Hmm. 
this too will pass, even if my brain couldn't keep up with understanding that concept. And looking back now, if I had known in the moment of his death that I would have this marriage with you and this partnership with you and this we with you and literally like what I've dreamed of to have in relationship with you, it would have been a very different experience for me. Of course, it would have been painful and hard and all of that, but something had to be there, like a seed or a kernel or something for me to know, even if I couldn't know with my brain, to stick it out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this house too, where it's like at times during this process, I was like feeling victim. Like if I have to deal with another contractor, like this is going to not be good. You know, it's very mm-hmm. challenging for those of you who know what it's like to work on a house, to work. Like this was nothing that I ever imagined. And for what we were going through, it was really hard. Mm-hmm. There were times that I felt like a victim. Yeah. And even inside of the conversation we had throughout the whole process of what a privilege it is to have the kind of life where you get to remodel a house. Right. And right. even, you know, even inside of that. Right. And it's so easy to slip into that mindset, right. Of everything is being done to me or overwhelm or too much. Yeah. No matter what your level of privilege or comfort in the world is, we all can relate Totally, yeah. To this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Experience that we have. That it's a tendency that we have. And similarly with the house. So now we're in the house we've been in since September 1st. And although we wouldn't have chosen this, like if we had understood what we were <laughs> in for, like to be on the other side of it, I have grown like a weed. Mm-hmm. We have grown like a weed. We love our home. Is that fair to say? Like, Absolutely. We love our home. Turned out really well. Turned out beautiful. And I'm having an experience that I would have never imagined having, which is a similar thing with you in our marriage. Like, There's something on the other side mm-hmm. of things. And I think yeah. faith for me is remembering just what you were saying is like, my challenges are the right challenges. My growth is the right growth. I'm not alone in this. Mm-hmm. I'm being held in this. It's sort of the a priori assumption that the curriculum that you're, you find yourself in is the right curriculum for you in that moment. Right. It reminds me of working with patients who were very close to suicide for years, you know, in my practice as a psychiatrist. And I remember people saying to me, I didn't choose this. I didn't choose this life, you know. Mm. And you don't have to get suicidal to have that view, right? I've, I've had that experience too. Totally. Almost anyone, I think, can relate to that experience. Yes. And when I started reading some of these quasi-woo-woo books, like Life Between Lives or, <laughs> yeah. you know, Many Lives, Many Masters. Totally. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. We both, we, yeah. when we met, we were like, right. oh, I read that book. Yeah. Brian Weiss and Michael Newton, yeah, those Michael authors, Newton, right. great books, by the way, really fun to read. I started questioning that assumption of that we didn't choose to come into this lifetime. Mm. And it's not to say that I know what happens before or after, because we don't know. Right. But when you ask the question, what if you did choose this circumstance, these parents, this situation, this brain, this body, you know, 
and you start challenging that kind of more, this has been done to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I was so deep in that with my parents. And I think I was 40 when I you finally, finally broke through a different perspective. <laughs> <laughs> it took a lot of ayahuasca to get there. <laughs> but the point being that just asking the question, what if I chose this challenge? What if I signed up for this school? It is so empowering in my system when I when I try that on. And there have been times and different kinds of questions that I've related mm-hmm. to. Like, what if I was 100% responsible for my experience? Right. And it points back to what you're saying, not just like the outcomes of what I do, but like me being here. What if I was 100% responsible for that? How would that change things? Right. Yeah. So let's go back for a minute to desire. Yeah. Unless there's a more you want to say about what you were just saying. No, I think that's a good jumping off point. Let's go for it. Okay. Because at times you and I were like, oh my gosh, like, is it okay to trust desire? And it's been Mm -hmm. a question in my life at times, is desire okay? Is it safe? Is it Mm -hmm. legit? Is it okay to have certain desires? And I think that this house really brought into question for both of us, is it okay to trust desire? Absolutely. Yeah, it, did, it definitely um, caused me to question that desire that drove us to go through with the transaction. Yeah. And if we're not trusting desire, what are we trusting then? Like, mm-hmm. what are we paying attention to if it's not desire? Right. There's a Sufi saying, uh, trust God and tie up your camel. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I love that because it, it kind of implies this relationship in this partnership in the responsibility yes around faith that i've heard the christian maybe the christian analogy of that is like god helps those who help themselves kind of mm. idea which you know i think has to do with this responsibility piece mm-hmm. that faith is not a passive experience it's an active responsibility I love that. And that's actually what I've been thinking. Like our last conversation led me to be like, okay, I feel like I need to actually build that relationship. I can't just be like, oh, where's my faith? But I need to actually go into meditative space and get in there with my faith rather than expect it to be there. Yeah. It's like, if you want to have a date, you can't just stay at home and not put the word out. Right. I think it's the same relationship with faith that you have to actually go out and have a date with have, faith. Have a date. I love this. <laughs> Let's have a date with faith. Maybe you and I should have a date with faith mm-hmm. together. <laughs> I like that. You know, desire also reminds me of some work that I've done with women over time, which is if you're not actually feeling the desire towards the work you're doing in the world, then you're not actually on the thing that you're here to do. And every cell in my body wants to trust desire and lead from desire. And I think that there's also what you're saying is tie up your camel of like, you know, do your due diligence, check your boxes, check your fantasies with other people, because it might just be a fantasy, like have the people around you so you can get the feedback of Mm -hmm. like, does this seem like it's over the top? Or does this seem really reasonable? Because there's also parts of me that are like, 
something that may occur as over like reasonable to me is like over the top. Right. Right. It's, it's kind of like navigating the middle path between fantasy, which I'm using that to point toward desire without a groundedness in it. Yeah. And then on the other polarity, the other end of it is like just shutting down desire or not allowing it to be a part of our lives or be something that informs us. Right. So some kind of more mature relationship with desire that's in in full contact with desire, but not subordinating to it and also not, Mm. um, not dominating it and not submitting to it either. I love that. So as you and I, you will, and I continue to explore this concept and deepen in our relationship with what we're calling faith here, we want to invite you, the listener at the end of the year now to, if it's a fit for you to take a look at what is your relationship with what we're calling faith. It could be something else to you. It could be God, it could be source, it could be intelligence, but what is your relationship and how do you stay connected to it? Mm-hmm. And what's your relationship with desire? Right. And another question to consider is what are your stories about desire? And I'm bringing that up because I think there's a lot of shame in our culture around desire. And that's a, probably a whole nother episode for us to, to get into is <laughs> yeah. desire and all the different manifestations and ways to relate to it. Right. It's a great question. Yeah. And what is our judgment in this culture of people who follow their desire or who base their lives on faith in their desire? Yes. There's judgment all around about people who base their lives on faith <laughs> <laughs> or some sort of religious... Right. Right. Relationship. Sure. So it's good to look at these judgments and stories and really to see where you're at. And is that a fit for you or is there something that needs to change? So happy new year to all of you. Happy new year. 2023 is right around the corner from the release of this podcast. And we're so excited to keep building relationship with you in this new year. Yeah. See you next year. See you next year. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow this show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If this show has sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the Art of We Podcast.